Did I come all this way with him for nothing? And then he remembered his voice, speaking words that at a time he did not understand himself at the beginning of their journey. I have something to do before the end, and I must see it through, sir, if you understand. The choice of Master Samwise. The Two Towers. Megavan and Melon, and welcome back to Interesting Tales from Tolkien, a Podmoot. I'm Mel. And I'm Kristen. And this week we are covering The Two Towers, Book 4, Chapter 10, The Choices of Master Samwise. We finished another big book, Mel. I am so proud of us. We are doing so well. And thank all of you who are listening for joining our community. We like seeing you in the Discord. We like seeing you on social media and really appreciate your support of the podcast. Yeah, we do this for ourselves, but we also do it for you guys. So we love the engagement and having the fun chats, especially in the Kristen Free Discord channel where we get to laugh at her hilarious predictions that are sometimes scarily right, but also so, so wrong. (laughs) Okay, one of my favorite recaps so far has been where you did the story from the point of view of the horses. So today, I would like you to do your recap from the point of view of Marion Pippin. Oh, I am so ready for this. So Cousin Frodo is moving to Crick Hollow, only he not isn't really. We know that he is actually going to sneak out the Shire because of this magical ring thing. So we're going to go with him. So off we go through the forest, despite his protests. We meet Tom Bombadil along the way, and then we go through Bree, which is a really fun time. But then we meet this guy called Strider. He's a bit weird, and he keeps leading us throughout uh, the Middle Earth. And we go to Rivendell where we meet elves. That's really cool. So a fellowship is formed around the ring, but we're not being left behind, so we go along on the journey. Along the way, we cause lots of mischief and trouble for the company, lose Gandalf in the mines of Moria, poor Boromir dies defending us out on the at the falls of Rauros, and we are captured by orcs. But good thing we are clever hobbits and we escape and go to Fangorn where we met Treebeard and Quickbeam and we liberated Isengard from Saruman with the help of the Ents. And then uh, Pippin found this weird ball. That's not good. (laughs) That's not good? (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) We know that's not good. We don't know why it's not good, but it's definitely not good. Okay, listeners, I would love some help figuring out some challenges for Mel. So if you are not up for sending us a recap, which it's been a while since we've had somebody send us a recap, But if you're not up for doing one yourself, then send me some assistance in the Discord or to our email, podmoot at gmail.com, about what sort of curveballs I could start throwing Mel when we get into Return of the King. In the meantime, Kristen, it's the final chapter of The Two Towers. Give us your summary. Sheila has Frodo bound and poisoned. Sam grabs Sting and attacks her. He wounds her, but she impales herself even deeper. Sam cries out in Elvish, and the file of light sends her crawling back to the cave. Sam can't wake Frodo, so he decides to take the ring himself to the cracks of doom. He's through the cleft when he hears orcs. Putting the ring on, Sam eavesdrops as they steal Frodo's body. The Nazgul thinks something's amiss and had sent the orcs to catch the spies. Frodo is alive but captured, and Sam is stuck outside as the orcs close the gate. 
Nice and neat and succinct. This chapter surprised me so much. So much. How come? Well, let's get into the chapter because literally on every page, there was something that I just went, what? Well, before we get into the chapter, we got new characters this week. We did. We basically got Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in orc form. I love Gorbag and Shagrat. We also get a mention of Ulftak. He met a rather comedic fate that we will discuss as we go through this chapter. He does sound kind of like an orc that got roughed up, right? Ulftak. Ulftak. So Frodo is lying on the ground with Shelob bent over him and she's so intent upon him, she doesn't notice Sam coming up behind her. And Sam is filled with all kinds of adrenaline and rage. He grabs Frodo's discarded blade sting and goes at Shelob. Once again, amazing description by Tolkien. No onslaught more fierce was ever seen in the savage world of beasts, where some desperate small creature armed with little teeth alone will spring upon a tower of horn and hide that stands above its fallen mate. And I also loved this description of Shelob's armor. She's not like a dragon that have like a little soft spot on their underbelly. So Sam's initial attack just wounds her. It angers her so much that as he's moving underneath her to strike again, she just lifts herself up and is going to squash him. Unfortunately, that makes his blade effective at actually wounding her deeply. It is, but you're right. The description knobbed and pitted with corruption was her age-old hide, but ever thickened from within with layer on layer of evil growth. Mm, The words... But yes, she, what's that uh, saying, falling upon your own sword? She pretty much close enough. She thrusts herself onto Frodo's sword, which Sam is holding. Yeah, basically hoists herself on her own petard, yep. I love this because Shelob is this old, ancient beast, yet not even the doughtiest warrior of old Gondor nor the most savage orc had ever done her such harm as what was done in that moment. I love this idea, too, that the reason that her armor is so impenetrable is because she's been so old just sitting there in that cave, and her armor has gotten stronger from her evilness within, basically working its way out and turning into armor. I love that, too. It's one of those things that Tolkien's so good at, like, festering evil only breeds more evil and darkness. This little stunt she pulls is also harmful to Sam. He's fallen to his knees and he gets the wind knocked out of him. I pictured his head like with circling stars around like in the cartoons. (laughs) But he can tell that she's been seriously wounded. And then he hears this voice like deep inside him that tells him to grab the light. And he grabs the file of Galadriel and calls out in Elvish, even though he doesn't speak Elvish. And he's strong again. And Galadriel's fire, I love this description too. As if his indomitable spirit had set its potency in motion, 
The glass blazed suddenly with a white torch in his hand. It flamed like a star that, leaping from the firmament, sears the dark air with intolerable light. It is just too much for Sheila. She can't take it. And she crawls, slithers back away down into her lair. I love what our narrator tells us. They say, Sheila was gone. And whether she lay long in her lair, nursing her malice and her misery, and in slow years of darkness healed herself from within, rebuilding her clustered eyes until with hunger like death she spun once more her dreadful snares in the glens of the mountains of shadow, this tale does not tell. So we don't know if Sam killed her or if she recovers. We just never know. It's a good thing to remember, though, for the next book, that we are not going to have another Shelob sighting in the next book. Kristen is taking note of this for her future predictions. <laughs> and then we get this incredible series of pages where Sam is now alone. He can tell that Frodo is completely bound up and he actually thinks he might be dead. He first panics and you know tries to wake Frodo up, but then he starts working his way back through everything that's happened to him so far on the journey and what it might mean for him. That moment where he's standing over Frodo and he says, don't go where I can't follow. I'm like, oof, oof, Sam. But yeah, he begins to think through and try to figure out what he has to do, make some choices of Master Sam, uh, as you uh, might say. Yeah. <laughs> and he remembers, and I highlighted this, and I think you even commented on it all the way back, in the first book, where he says, I have something to do before the end. I must see it through, sir, if you understand. Yeah, that was totally a breadcrumb dropped early on in the fellowship. So now he's pondering what that might be. And I love this for Sam because obviously he's the faithful servant. He's always standing up for Frodo. He's always stepping in when Frodo is tired or needs assistance. But he had never for one second imagined that he might have to go on without Frodo. Everything he has planned up to this point has been about being the faithful servant. And he starts having to plan and he says, If I am to go on, I must take your sword. By your leave, Mr. Frodo, but I'll put this one to lie by you. And he gives him the sword he got from the Barrow Downs. He also tells him, Well, you've got your mithril coat and you did loan me your star glass, and it's very dark, so I'll, I'll need to borrow that. And then pretty much says that, you know, while it was Galadriel's gift, I'm sure she'll understand. And then at the end of it all, he promises to come back for Frodo. And then he still can't leave yet. He stays there kneeling and holding Frodo's hand without being able to let it go. And time went by. The only thing that could possibly give him any strength is his anger. And I love this sort of like, do I go over to the dark side kind of conversation about, do I follow my anger? But he only can get enough anger for one thing, which is revenge on Gollum. And he knows that in the meantime, though, the first thing that needs to happen is that ring needs to be destroyed. And he has to come to terms with that. He goes, what, me? alone go to the crack of doom and all what me take the ring from him the council gave it to him 
And he has this long moment where he's in a monologue about how neither Bilbo nor Frodo chose to have the ring in this for themselves. And so maybe it's the same for him that he can't really choose. It just has to be done. And the Council of Elrond also knew that the ring needed companions. And he's the last of the company. The errand must not fail. And says he stooped very gently. He undid the clasp at the neck and slipped his hand inside Frodo's tunic. Then with his other hand raising the head, he kissed the cold forehead and softly drew the chain over it. Goodbye, master, my dear, he murmured. Forgive your Sam. He'll come back to this spot when the job's done, if he manages it, and then he'll not leave you again. And as he puts the ring on, instantly he feels the weight of it, as if a great stone had been strung on him. And then he remembers that he has the file, and so he's able to look into Frodo's face one more time. And then he hides the light and stumbles off into the dark. And he doesn't go that far before he starts to hear the sound of orcs. And in panic, he slips the ring on to hide himself. And I love this, seeing it all from Sam's perspective about how everything changes in that instant. He can hear sharper, but his sight is dimmed. And it's described all things about him were not dark, but vague while he himself was there in a grey, hazy world alone. And then we meet our Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, Gorbag and Shagrat. So Gorbag is a captain from Minas Morgul, and Shagrat is the captain of the tower at Kirithungal. And it's an interesting little story they tell, because they are not there by chance. They have been specifically sent up the pass because there's these rumours that there might be spies up there. And the first thing that they do is notice Frodo's body. And they begin to talk over him for a while. And Sam is just having to sit there and watch. The orcs are nervous about being there with Shelob so close by. Clearly, they know all about Shelob. Yeah. And they end up picking up Frodo's body. And off they go with it. Sam is there thinking, well, I can't let them have him, and decides he needs to follow them. And as he follows along, he gets to hear them talking. And there's first, you know, the normal stuff of, you know, make your rabble quiet, we don't want Shelob to get us, and all these things like that. I love this little bit, though, where Shagrat says, no need to worry about Shelob for a bit, I reckon. She's sat on a nail, it seems, and we shan't cry about that. Didn't you see a nasty mess all the way back to that cursed crack of hers? Ew! Ew! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, It turns out these orcs are not particularly fond of her ladyship, as they call her. They're also not too fond of Nazgul. I love this line, Grr, those Nazgul give me the creeps, and they skin the body off you as soon as look at you and leave you all cold in the dark on the other side. But he likes them. They're his favorites nowadays. And while they're kind of doing the middle management complaining fest, (laughs) they're also kind of enjoying that they have somebody to share their sorrows with. And Sam is desperate this whole time because he can barely keep up with them as they're walking. 
But he also knows even with the ring, he can't possibly take them on. So he just has to sit there and watch. I love their middle management complaining. They talk about the big bosses and all of these things and saying, I, even the biggest can make mistakes. And they talk about how clearly a spy almost slipped by. And I love this, how they've got Frodo and they're like, well, he's not it. There's some like great elvish warrior out there now. Well, they think that's this great elvish warrior because whatever it is managed to escape Shelob. And they talk about, don't forget, the enemies don't love us any more than they love him. And if they get topsides on him, we are done too. It's quite interesting actually to be hearing their perspective on things because they discuss, you know, when all this is over and hopefully they win, that they'll go away somewhere with just their trusted lads and set up a place of their own away from all of this. And they talk about how unusual it is that they're being sent on this 11th hour mission because the silent watchers were uneasy more than two days ago. But Gorbag's patrol wasn't ordered out right away, nor anybody from Lugbur's until the great signal went up, which is, I'm assuming that's the light from the tower and every, everything that we saw in the previous chapters. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's what I presume as well. And it says the high Nazgul going off to war and all that. Yes. Because it says that the Nazgul thought they sensed a spy or something on the stairs. And I love that Shagrat even talks about the I was busy elsewhere, I suppose, big things going on away west, they say. And so even the sort of middle management orcs understand that the Eye of Sauron can't be everywhere and is distracted by stuff with Sauron and whatever else. I don't even know how much they know about all of that, but they know enough. They do. They do. And... Then a bombshell is dropped as they speak about what are they going to do with Frodo and Shagrat's like, well, we're going to keep this prisoner safe. We're going to strip him of all his stuff. No, we're not stripping him of his teeth, hair and nails. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And Gorbak says he's nothing but carrion now. What Lugbergs will do with such stuff, I cannot guess. He might as well go in the pot. And Shagrat calls him a fool and says... This fellow ain't dead because Shelob doesn't eat the dead. And we get a little more description about how spiders do eat stuff. We need to know, did you think Frodo was dead at this point or what did you think was going on? I didn't think Frodo was dead. I did wonder if the orcs were going to find Sam as well or if Sam was not going to be able to contain himself and rush after them and they were going to end up catching both of them. Kind of like... Mary and Pippin got caught by orcs the last time there was a big tragedy for the company. I did notice this sort of parallels between the end of the first book and the end of this book that we get split up by an orc attack. I didn't think Frodo was dead, but I, I'm still not sure whether he's going to survive. And I, I mean, we can talk about that part when we get to predictions. Well, Sam is shooketh to find out that Frodo's alive. And he says to himself, you fool, he isn't dead and your heart knew it. Don't trust your head, Samwise. It is not the best part of you. <laughs> and while Sam's berating himself, Shagrat tells us the story of Ulftak. They had lost him for days and eventually they found him in a corner hanging up. He was wide awake and glaring. And they all just laughed at him, but they weren't going to cut him down because Shelob would get upset. So they just left him. I guess he's one of those 
dispensable orcs of Sauron's minions. Yeah, lose one of them. Yeah, definitely from Sauron's perspective. But even the orcs are like, sorry, bud. We're not uh, interfering with this. Have fun and just left him there. So then they start arguing about what to do with Frodo. Because Shagrat wants to put him right up in the top chamber. And Gorbeck says, well, why? We've got lockups down below. And Shagra says, he's going out of harm's way. I tell you, see, he's precious. That word cannot be an accident. <laughs> but basically, Shadrach's saying, like, I don't trust your dudes, and I don't trust mine either, not to get in there and rough him up. We need to keep him safe. And I like that. He'll be safe there. And Sam says, will he? You're forgetting the great big elvish warrior that's loose. <laughs> Yay, Sam. But I love this. And with that, he raced around the last corner only to find out that by some trick of the tunnel or of the hearing which the ring gave him, he had misjudged the distance. <laughs> Please tell me that scene is in the movie. I really want to see that. You'll have to wait and see. And unfortunately, Sam really is far enough away that the orcs have already gone through the gate. And Sam hears a burst of hoarse singing, blaring of horns and banging of gongs. And the doors are shut. Even though Sam has brandished sting, no one can hear him. And the chapter ends with Sam locked outside. Frodo is alive, but taken by the enemy. Once again... Always ending on such good lines. Mm. Well, we're done. Well, we're partially done. Well, we're done two towers. We're done. It was awesome. Awesome. All right, Kristen, who is your character shout out for the week? Well, it's kind of half going to Sam because, I mean, Sam did rescue Frodo from Shelob, did manage to seriously wound Shelob. Worse than Shelob had ever been wounded before. Now, he also kind of pulled a bonehead move and tried to leave Frodo and didn't try to hide his body and couldn't keep up with the orcs. And so now they're separated. But Sam did save Frodo from getting eaten by Shelob. So I think he definitely has to get at least part of the shout out. He's also managed to save Sting and the ring from the orcs. And that's not insignificant. I thought you said it was split. I did say it's split. I kind of want to also give part of the shout out to Shagrat because he does manage to keep Frodo safe from just the generic orcs. Even though the orcs are unhappy about their lot in life, he does seem to be taking his mission seriously. So I'm going to give a portion of the shout out to Shagrat. Maybe we'll do like 10% to him and 90% to Sam. <laughs> I have been giving mine very consistently to Sam. And there are lots and lots of good reasons to give it to Sam this week as well. It's very much a Sam-centric chapter. You know, he fights off Shelob. He's off to try and rescue Frodo. He was going to go and do the quest on his own had Frodo been dead and the orcs hadn't turned up and all of that. However, I think it's going to Shagrat and Gorberg for being our Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> They're so funny. They are. I just love that Tolkien puts in this little drop of base level humor just at the most dramatic, tragic turning point at the end of the story. It's just brilliant. 
And I think it's good as well because we've got to remember that orcs aren't just mindless creatures. They are independent thinking and all of that. Like they have their own thoughts and ambitions and these two just want to get the hell out of Dodge at some point, but they can't. They're situated on the borders of Mordor. Yeah, they're not like trolls. Although this conversation reminded me a little bit of the troll conversation in The Hobbit. But yeah, they are clearly much more intelligent creatures than a troll. Ready for prediction versus fiction? Dun, dun, dun. Shelob does not actually capture Frodo. I disagree. She did. Sam just rescued him. Fair. There is a chase and Frodo puts on the ring to escape Shelob. Sauron will now know where Frodo is. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. I have to admit, I never saw it coming that it would be Samwise that puts on the ring. We didn't get any hints that Sauron sees him either. Hmm. Sam has to go looking for Frodo. He sights some orcs and there is a tussle. Sam has to avoid the orcs. You were kind of right. There was no tussle or anything, but Sam definitely had an orc sighting and while avoiding them was following them, so kind of. Sam and Frodo will be reunited at the end of the book. Mm-mm. Wah, wah, wah. Having predicted that Frodo will put on the ring, you said, wearing the ring takes it out of Frodo. From now on, Sam will have to make the decisions and become the leader. Something happens to Frodo because he wore the ring, like blindness, physical weakness, delirium, something like that. This will be an ongoing affliction into Return of the King. I actually think that the spider poison... Unless we randomly run into an elf at some point who can heal Frodo from the spider poison, I think that is going to be an ongoing affliction. So I'm, I got some of the details wrong, but I do think there is an, an affliction. And then as a final note, you said, Gollum is not gone for good. We will see him again in Return of the King. So I guess we'll just wait and see. I guess we'll wait and see. And since we're going to do our wrap-up chapter for the entire book next week, I'm going to save my further predictions for next week's episode. Yep. So homework for the week, go back and listen to the entire season of Interesting Tales from Tolkien and reread your books. Easy, right? <laughs> and send me ideas in the Discord for how to stump Mel on her next recap or by email, which you'll get in a moment. Well, I had an idea, and then I just, like, blinked on it. I, I could do a recap that's all about Aragorn. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podmoot. Our email address is podmoot at gmail.com, and our website is podmoot.com. If you'd like to contact me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett on Twitter and Instagram. Kristen, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Conducts. Norvera Mellon, until we meet again. Bye, y'all.